What's going on, everybody? You got Jay Banana here, and you are listening to SEL by Design, brought to you by AIGA St. Louis. And if you're joining us for the first time, we are president and vice president of AIGA St. Louis, and our intent with this show is to highlight any efforts at the intersection of creativity and positive impact. That's right. And since we're unable to do our interviews in person these days, we got a new approach that we've been working on uh, to hopefully streamline accessibility, and that is Instagram TV. So if you want to hear this full episode, tap on this fancy icon in the corner while the music, by critical, might I add, plays. And we'll get straight to it. On this episode of STL by Design, we're talking with Quentin Ward, who's the new executive director at St. Louis Metro Market. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, you guys? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourselves? Chilling. Doing doing pretty good. (laughs) Hey, it's good to hear. Hanging out at home. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Getting used to it, actually. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something right now, just trying to navigate this space and figure out and just try to make sense of all this stuff right now that's it's tough but you know definitely um fortunate for my my health and wellness of my friends and family so i hope that it's the same for you all as well yeah i think we're all doing pretty good it is so when tell us about sort of yourself and what your background is for sure. So, um, Design and just in general, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, born and raised here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I live in Spanish Lake, where I've that's basically where I've grown up. Um, and for me, I went to Webster University and got my bachelor's of fine arts and emphasis in graphic design. Um, and so, yeah, for me, design is you know. I mean, obviously, is a lot of the visuals and things like that. But I think I, what I started finding myself in, where I started finding myself is at this intersection of, I would say, what I think I used to say was art design and community and where that intersects at. Um, so thinking about not only how, for myself, design is not only the visual process, but then also how does design have an impact on systems and communities as well, too? Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, you know, in regards to design, that's how I've been really visualizing it. And I think beginning to add those three kind of takes me to where I'm at right now with the St. Louis Metro Market. So on that note, I think that's the perfect transition, actually. What is the uh, St. Louis Metro Market and how did you come to get involved with it? For sure. So the St. Louis Metro Market is a uh, nonprofit, um, and basically, uh, it is a it is a metro bus that has been turned into a farmers market on wheels. Um, and so transforming that into so transforming that bus into that, and basically we go to quote unquote food deserts. You know, I think we can have a conversation about that as well too, um, but. Basically, we go to food deserts in the St. Louis city and uh, county area um, and being there to provide and for people to shop on the bus with us um, as a way of kind of beginning to bridge those physical, financial, and educational barriers um, around food access. So, yeah, I kind of want to talk about food deserts then a little bit since you brought it mm-hmm. up and just like 
Because that's a phrase that I had learned kind of recently, actually, um, which I was I was surprised and disappointed that I hadn't kind of known known a whole lot about them before. Um, so I don't know if everyone that's listening knows what they are and and why they're important to kind of talk about and bring attention to and address. For sure, and I would say like for me, um, I guess you know, kind of just like the. I guess for me, when I'm thinking about food deserts, I'm thinking of areas um, basically where there's not a place of getting fresh quality produce um, or groceries within, I mean, some places, you know, one to two miles is still pretty far, but most places it could also be getting into the five mile radius of no grocery store or place to be able to get the, um, be able to get groceries from. Um, So for me, um, that was kind of eye opening, especially when I started doing the work with the metro market and really started seeing like dang when's the last time i seen a grocery store you know coming from north or just even in north county now but also when i'm driving from spanish lake down into the city it's like you begin they begin to become more and more sparse especially on the the north side so um yeah it's definitely a, a larger conversation and i think for me also too is you know the word food desert is um, a little bit conflicting um, because, you know, we're, when we're talking, when people are using the term food desert, you know, they're talking about where people are living at, you know, where people's families are, where people's, you know, life and experiences are as well, too. So, you know, using the word desert is something that feels, doesn't necessarily feel like it connects to the overall idea of like what community is and with people living in these places and spaces. Um, so actually, um, I was talking with a colleague, Tasha Phoenix from MCE, and we talked about food deserts and she was like, basically like really talking to me about like big, make, taking that out of the vocabulary and saying, you know, a food desert, you know, a desert is something of a natural cause. Um, but when you're talking about what's happening in our communities, you know, you're talking about a food apartheid, something that is designed, something that is intentional. Um, and something that has been that is not by just random. So um, that's kind of how I've been taking in, at least from my perspective, on food deserts and just really understanding, you know, where are the gaps, where are the gaps of fresh produce and things like that, and then how can I begin to bridge that with um, with working with communities. It's interesting that you're talking about how food deserts um, or food apartheids are designed. And we had a panel with We Live Here St. Louis um, a while ago before all this went down. And one of the topics of discussion was how we are living in a world in which things are designed. Um, things are designed around us. Everything is designed. We can't really escape it. And so it's the and so design kind of to your point earlier is is bigger than just the graphics it's bigger than just getting a message across but it's about designing systems and recognizing what systems have been designed and in what way how we dismantle them or how we redesign them in a more effective way so i i don't really have any any um uh any big insights <laughs> on that i just think that it's a really good way to think about it is that mm-hmm. design in terms of design being bigger than just the visual right. and how 
we have to recognize what around us has been designed and how it's been designed um, before we can start to dismantle, um, redesign or rethink it at all. For sure. And I would say, you know, I think a lot of that comes from, at least for me, like when I really started seeing design as this bigger bigger thing than just the visuals is, you know, working with, you know, Creative Reaction Lab and Antoinette Carroll over there. And, you know, it's like, you know, everything is by design and everything is designed from, you know, and so it's just like, so if that is the case, then the way that our communities look, um, whether they have assets or have resources or not, is also by design. So it's just like, I guess design for me has become so much, it's become so broad. And now my my thoughts about it is like, well, then how can I plug, how can I plug myself having a creative and design background into these different fields to have a, a broader conversation and understanding on how design has either hindered or also move, move communities forward as well. Word. So, uh, I, and I'm, hmm. Well, I'll, I'll ask the question that we have script mm-hmm. and maybe this will help prompt sure. uh, <laughs> what I'll have afterwards. But um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering sort of how, how do operations differ from now versus sort of pre-pandemic? Do they differ? Uh, obviously, it's food, so it's just, it's just as important now, if not a little bit more uh, as it was, you know, sort of before everything started to shift a little bit. So do you mind expanding on that? For sure. So um, I guess before I even started saying, like getting into that, I would just say that I think even for me right now, just as like, I mean, I've been working with the Metro market four years, but at the same time, I don't necessarily, I guess I wouldn't say that I have all the, like even having like all the answers just around food access and things like that. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, food distribution or things that are happening right now, I'm still very, you know, still learning a lot of these um, things. Right. And so it's kind of like, it's an interesting place of, and I guess I'm, that's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of like getting to what you're asking, like what you're asking, because it's like, you know, coming from this, coming from a background of arts and design and creativity, but then also beginning to be more intentional about how I use design and now stepping into this role, I guess what I'm beginning to see is like, okay, how can I use my design skills and and the thoughts and theories around it to begin to elevate and enhance the work that I'm doing in food access? Um, and so with saying that, it's like, I think a lot of what's going on right now is that nothing is going to be the same in regards to how the metro market operates. Generally, we're at about, for our, a regular season, we're at about maybe eight stops during the week mm-hmm. um, for about two hours at each of those stops. And, you know, people are able to get on the bus and the metro market has a true community when you step onto the bus. Um, and I would really, you know, just the team, um, Mike, Nancy and Tiffany, they really help create that and just having conversations with community members um, right. you know, and just beginning to build that out. But a lot of that will, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that will change because of this pandemic. And so, you know, we've had to shift and figuring out what is that next step? How do we make sure that we are keeping not only our staff, but also community members safe during this time? And so what we've done for the last 
maybe what three we're about to go into our fourth week of mm -hmm. is we've been doing um, pre-packed bags um, so we've been working with our partners um, to do pre-packed bags of produce um, and making sure that families are still getting um, still getting produce in their hands especially with you know distribution centers being you know very packed right now um, and having limited resources just as much as the grocery stores not having certain things on the shelves um, and also just understanding that produce is still a very essential part of, yeah, it's just a central part of the diet, but also making sure that people are having it. So, you know, we've, we've been packing bags recently. And so we've, uh, this past week, we packed 253 bags um, that we distributed, um, that we divided up between about six, five to six different stops. Mm -hmm. you know, and so for a team of basically four, that's a lot of bags. But now, you know, the need is growing. And then, um, you know, there's some momentum around it right now. So next week we're packing over, we'll be packing 338 bags. So by the time we get to um, having the bus back out on June 1st, you know, we'll have packed over a thousand bags between three to four people. Um, so that's been something that's uh, been really awesome to see is that pivot. But even with when June 1st comes around with having the bus back, it definitely won't have, we won't be able to have community members on there. At least that's what we're thinking right now. So we're just trying to figure out, you know, what does that look like? Are we limiting the amount of people that are coming on the bus at the time? Or do we need to begin to design the space around where the bus parks at um, when people come to shop with us to be a, to be a more spaced out shopping experience? Hmm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Mm, yeah, because it's like, you know, a metro bus is, I mean, it's long, but it's not wide. Um, so, you know, we, we get people on the, like, you know, we'll sometimes have what maybe I think the most I've probably seen, and I might, you know, I'm just throwing numbers around, is maybe 20 people on the bus, like during a regular season. Oh, wow. Uh, so, and if they're all shopping, that's, you know, right next shoulder to shoulder, that can get pretty tight really quick. Um, so that's just that's just not the reality of what we're gonna be able to go into. So it's, you know, it's gonna be more safety precautions, you know, making sure we have sanitizer and things um, on, you know, ready to go and things like that. But then also, you know, making sure that everybody has a mask, staff and community members, some type of covering. And, you know, so there's a lot of different logistical things I think we're gonna have to figure out, but you know, just like we made the shift from doing a normal bus, do our normal bus bus operations to doing prepacked bags during this time, I'm more than confident that we'll be able to make the next jump back into something that looks a little bit closer to normal operations. Yeah, it's been interesting to see how businesses, particularly businesses that revolve around like gatherings, like restaurants mm -hmm. or like this, um, how quickly they've had to pivot and readjust and and really and redesign mm -hmm. everything in a way that can be sustainable for a long time but also can be implemented really fast it's a that's like a a really tough challenge especially i think some restaurants opening up and thinking it's only going to be a couple weeks that we have to do this curbside and then a couple weeks go by mm -hmm. it's like oh this is this is our model now for for a while you know, and how is this sustainable? Um, and how do we make it work? And how do we still get customers 
what they need from us, especially with with what you're doing. You know, if the the sense of community being so important, how do you maintain that by also people, but also keep people safe? Um, <laughs> That'll be every, tricky. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, every, struggling with that right now. It's it's yeah, tough. And, and I think it's just the the larger part of that is just you know, making sure that we are, you know, that we're keeping in the minds people first. Like, it's not about, you know, this is, you know, during this pandemic, and I'm, you know, at least for uh, myself, you know, this is bigger than operations. This is bigger than, you know, just having the bus out there and wanting to see that. But it's, you know, it's about how can I make sure that I'm take that we're taking the best care of people um, all around. So making sure that, you know, that I'm, you know, at least for me, like that I'm looking out for my staff, that I'm looking out for the community members that come, like, especially the, you know, the ones that always come on and, you know, they share stories with me and things like that. I want to make sure that they're comfortable and safe, but just like Metro Market aside, it's just like having an environment for people that, you know, that they know that when we do something that we are intentional about it and we have a level of care because it's like, you know, if that was my, you know, if that was my family or if that was my friend, I would, you know, I would want the same level of intentionality for them as well, too. Um, so it's it's definitely um, tricky, but um, I'm we will definitely figure it out because <laughs> we're going to have to figure out something um, because that's just the reality of the work that we're doing. True, indeed. So. I still don't know how I want to ask this question, so let's (laughs) throw it out there. Let's say everything were to sort of proceed as as usual, we'll call it, uh, in Mm -hmm. the notes. What what is the, um, what what are the, were there any aspirations or sort of, next steps in programming or whatever else community engagement that uh, you all had with the metro market Hmm. that's a good question i think you know i think the first was if you know when at least when i was coming into the position and kind of how i was seeing the season i was you know obviously having the bus out there um you know and that's a large part of you know of our overall operations um, we were, th- you know, we had some delivery things that we were going to do, um, but that was really, you know, for the most part with my initial understanding of the season, you know, that was really it in regards to the fresh produce and things like that. But now I think um, just being in this position and having a little bit more knowledge about it, it's definitely, it's definitely changed some. I mean, obviously because of the pandemic, but it's like, it's just more so... I guess it's more so of, you know, not having been in contact with um, a lot of community members that were shopped with us. Um, But I think now it's just thinking about like where we're stepping into now is like, okay, you know, if this is to come become a second wave, how do we navigate that? Um, You know, is it, you know, are we thinking about more, you know, thinking about home delivery? Are we thinking about um, yeah, um, are we going to be doing the more pre-bag option for a longer period of time? Um, how do we figure out what we are going to do with the bus um, if we can't bring that up? Because not only is the bus, you know, 
house a lot of the produce in it when we're out in the um, communities. But it also, you know, it's it's literally a mobile advertisement. So it's like when people see that giant green bus coming down, you know, the street, they're like, what in the world is that if they haven't seen it before? And then for people that see it, they're like, oh, I know where I need to be going. There's the metro market. Um, So I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. It's like, you know, I of I guess like I didn't I don't know necessarily all the things that we could have done with a normal operation. But now, since I've had to make the shift, I know that these are some things that we really need to be thinking about in regards to the prepacked bags and also thinking about we need to be partnering and collaborating a lot more right now to make sure that we are filling the gaps um, for food access. So, it, now I'm wondering, <laughs> and sort of, how, how can people support the metro market from who, even those who might not necessarily be in, in the food desert apartheid sort of landscape? Right. What does that look like, you think? For sure. For sure. And- you know, I mean, and just because we are, you know, going to places that are, um, you know, that may not may have limited food access, right. um, I would still say that, you know, like the the bus is welcome to any and everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, anybody who um, is looking to shop with us can shop with us. Um, but I would say, like right now, um, I think a part of it is, you know, we're doing the prepacked. You know, we're doing the prepacked bags right now for families in need. Um, so any donations would definitely be, um, you know, would definitely be appreciated so we can make sure that we are getting as much produce out there to community members as possible. Um, and then at the same time, it's, you know, I guess also, you know, just feedback as well, too, because, you know, I can't do this. You know, I can't I don't have every answer. Um, and um, and there's also, too, it's like. I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to know that when I open my fridge and my pantry, I have food there. You know, I'm not, right. you know, that, that's not my worry of of thinking like, oh, I don't have this or that. Um, so I have to be understanding of that and take that step back and understand that, okay, well, I need to be making sure that I'm getting as much feedback from the people that are using our resources um, and that are in need of our resources. Um, to make sure that I make the best decision possible on behalf of community members. Um, so, you know, reaching out through our, um, through our email, um, info at stlmetromarket.com. Um, and then, or even some of our, you know, our social media platforms. Um, currently, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, you know, get in contact with us and let us know, you know, you know, what are your, you know, what are your concerns? What are your, what are your hopes? You know, during especially with um, with us all being in this pandemic, so that we can operate um, the best way possible. I think even now, like I when I I'll, I'll run into community members and they'll be like, "When's the bus coming back? Where's the route schedule?" And I tell them, I promise them that I'm working on it as as quickly um, as possible. But then it's like at the same time, I have to make sure that I'm being patient because things are changing literally day to day. So, right. you know, what county and city might be saying today might be different than tomorrow. Um, so just that navigation overall is and that patience with myself and, you know, and making sure that's understood by community members has um, definitely been um, an interesting place to be at. 
Excellent, man. Well, uh, Quinn, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for having me. Um, you know, definitely, um, been, you know, I've been able to hear, listen to some of your, you know, the different earlier episodes of the podcast. So, you know, I just really appreciate that I would, you know, that I'm able to be a part of this. Yeah, we're happy to have you. And we uh, we had you on our list sort of before pre-pandemic, but you know, <laughs> it works either way. Yeah, Definitely. here we are. <laughs> you know, what's meant to be was meant to be. So I'm just definitely glad that you all kept me in mind. And um, yeah, we're we're all gonna make it through this. It's just gonna be, you know, we're just gonna have to navigate it as best as possible. So just a little bit of a readjustment. <laughs> It'll be interesting though. That's right. So, um, well, I guess it's outro time now. I think, huh? Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, so, thank you again to Quinn Ward for uh, for joining us and taking the time to speak with us for a little while. Uh, thank you to our listeners because once again, you could, uh, you all could have been doing literally anything at this point. You could be taking a walk outside. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else. Right. Being I creative, should. otherwise, well, I, this is creative. creative. I don't know. You know, you could do whatever, but you know, you're here, and that's that's important to us, and we appreciate that very much. And if you know anyone who's doing relief work to help creatives in our St. Louis community during this time, let us know. Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever. Uh, and we would love to have them on the podcast. We're always looking for new people. Absolutely. So uh, until then, this is STL by Design, Quinn Ward, STL Metro Market, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye.